Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul best this morning. I want to say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving us a brand new day. Thank you because this is the day that you made. Scripture says that you will cause us to rejoice and be glad in today. And so we thank you for every single blessing that you have prepared for us today. Thank you for the blessing of knowing you. Thank you for the grace that is poured out on us again this morning. We thank you for your love that is new this morning. We thank you for our fellowship with you. Thank you that we are able to worship in your presence. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. Because of your blood this morning, we can cry out, Abba, Father. We say thank you for giving us Jesus. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit, Father. We bless and magnify your name, O God, in the precious name of Jesus. We thank you for who you are, O God. You are the same, Scripture says, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Scripture says that you do not change. You remain the same. You are forever enduring. You are from everlasting to everlasting. So we magnify and worship you again in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we read our Bibles again this morning, we ask for insight and understanding in your word. Lord, we ask that you will grant us grant us the grace to extract discretion from your word and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome. A big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue our study, commentary, and reading of the New Testament. Yesterday, we stopped on Mark chapter 4. Today, we take Mark chapter 5. A big thank you to everyone joining in this morning. Thank you for taking out time to read the Word of God. A big thank you to those who are joining us for the very first time wherever you are joining us from and whatever continent i have people joining us from the u.s from the uk from canada of course here in nigeria god bless you god bless you i pray that you will continue to love the lord your knowledge of god will continue to increase i pray that you will continue to increase in grace in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, let's read this morning, Mark chapter 5. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus heals, heals a demon-possessed man. Okay? 
I don't, I'm not sure if many of us will call it healing, but that's what the Bible calls it. He heals a demon-possessed man. And the second, the second topic we'll look at today in Mark chapter 5 is Jesus healing in response to faith. Jesus healing in response to faith. All right. Mark chapter 5 from verse 1 says, So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of Gerasim. Okay? In the region of Gerasim. And of course, it depends on the manuscript you're using. You can also be gathering, right? Or Gergesins. Okay? So the region of the Gerasim. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit, an evil spirit would be an unclean spirit, a demonic spirit, an evil spirit came out from the tombs, from the tombs to meet him. The, the, the man came out of, okay, came out from the tombs to meet him, to meet Jesus. Okay, so um so when you read when you read this um when you read this parallel, you know it's quite it's a bit different in in the way it's narrated. Okay, because Mark says the man comes out from the tombs to meet Jesus. And you will have to agree with me that I don't think those demons would have wanted to leave. They would have known. They know Jesus. Okay, so I'm not saying that demons are omnipresent or anything, but they would have been hearing about the news about Jesus, you know, from the mouths of people and everything. And so when Jesus arrived in that area, in, in this region, they would have been hearing the the noise is around. People are running towards Jesus. And so this man decides to go towards Jesus. And I'm telling you that that would have taken some serious self-will. Because I'm sure the demons would not want him to go. They don't want to leave. They know if they encounter Jesus, Jesus will cast them out. Okay, so the way Mark narrates it, it looks as if the man is the one who goes to Jesus. Um, if you read it from the abonized version, from the other version, it looks as if Jesus simply set up on him. Okay, he was there and Jesus met him. So, verse 3 says, This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained. He lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Okay? So whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed, smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered, wandered among the burial caves, among the tombs, the burial caves, and in the hills, howling. And cutting himself with sharp, with sharp stones. So the picture is set. This man is known, notorious for disturbing the whole of the community 
when he's at eat, you know, he's outside in the night, everybody's trying to get some sleep, he's howling like a like a wolf or a dog, you know, so maybe even barking possibly. Um so of course they've tried to bind him down, shackle him down, he snaps the chains, breaks the shackles, you know, and the likes. So he's a menace to the society, to the community. Now, look at, just look at what is going to happen. Verse 6 says that when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him. Remember I said the way Mark narrates this, the man sees Jesus and he says, when Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to him and bowed low before him ran to him and you know to run to meet him and bowed low before him with a shriek he screamed why are you interfering with me jesus son of the most high god obviously it's not the man speaking okay it's the demon from this man that is shrieking of course that's why i said it would have taken some serious self-will for this man to have been able to force his legs, I doubt the demons would have wanted him to run towards Jesus and then bow before him. Okay, so the demon says, Jesus, son of the most high God, why are you interfering with me? In the name of God, imagine no demon praying in the name of God or begging in the name of God. In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. So when Jesus met this evil spirit, Jesus wasn't negotiating with him or discussing with him, How did you get here? Who brought you here? All of that and everything. He gets, he starts shrieking and he's shouting. And all Jesus says to him is, Come out. Come out, come out of the man, you evil spirit. That's all. Okay? So, you always must take your learning from the Bible. See, then Jesus demanded, what is your name? I'm sure because of his prayer. <laughs> oh God, Jesus, son of the most high God. <laughs> In the name of God. Interesting. Then the demon, then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. He's simply fronting for the other demons. There are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to. Okay, so I don't know how they would have been begging him, but it's different spirits. But they were begging him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happens to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. He gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire head of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep 
hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. Okay, so let's leave um, let's leave the basis. Why would Jesus have allowed this to happen? Okay, that's a discussion for another day. But the entire head of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. It says, verse 14, the headsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. Okay? Because people were shouting. People rushed out to see what had happened. The crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane and they were all afraid. I don't understand. I get that you are afraid. You used to be afraid of this man, right? Everybody knew where, where around the area where he stayed. So they used to be afraid of this man, okay? But now they see this man fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they are afraid. Then those, I am not sure whether these people themselves, that's what just came to my, my mind. I'm not sure whether these people themselves are not possessed by demons. <laughs> because that's the, that was their response. Their response, they were, they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowds began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Imagine. Their response to this miracle was to ask Jesus to leave. I don't know how bad it was, but surely it was not as bad as when the man had the demons and was holding and could not be bound is you are walking by you always have to be checking and watching if he was around and everything now the man is is saying perfectly saying the bible actually says and you are afraid and you are not just only afraid you are acting out your fear by asking jesus pleading with jesus to go away and leave your leave your town hmm and, and as Jesus was get as Jesus was getting into into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, "No, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you, and how merciful He has been." So the man the man started off to visit the ten towns. Okay, what we call the Decapolis, the ten towns of that region, and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told what he told them. Okay? So all he would just tell people was what Jesus did. That was all. He didn't need to preach, he didn't need to quote any any scriptures. I was sitting down having my usual fun, just shouting and holding all this while. I've been crying inside because these demons have been tormenting me. And I met this man. His name is Jesus. And this is what he did for me. That was all. I'm telling you, same people would have been looking for Jesus everywhere. Hallelujah. Next, let's heal about 
Let's read about Jesus' healing in response to faith. So Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. So when you read, so we did the parallel of this story too, and you realize that only, in fact, only Mark gives us that the leader's name is Jairus. Okay, so other parallels, okay, from the other Gospels, simply tells, tells us that a leader, okay, of the synagogue, a leader of the local synagogue, but Mark tells us that his name is Jairus, arrived. That's why we know that it's the same story. You also note that right here, the number of verses Mark uses to describe this story is by far more. And usually we say that Mark speaks about stories as if is closer to the event, is paying attention, is meticulous, paying attention to details. Matthew often speaks about things as if he was speaking from afar or summarizing. Okay, so the man's name, he, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervent, fervently with him, My little daughter is dying. He said, please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. My little daughter is dying, Mark says. Matthew, Luke says, my little daughter is dead. And then they start fighting us. How can the Bible is contradicting himself? No. It, I am certain that when the man arrives to meet Jesus, when, or when the man left home, the child is almost dead. She is terribly sick. She is dying. Okay? But along the line, and you will see it here, the child is dead. Okay? The child is dead because they tell the man, don't bother yourself, don't bother the master anymore, the child is dead. Okay? So Matthew just summarizes. When he comes to Jesus, he says the child is dead. Okay? So verse 24 says, Jesus went with him. Jesus went with him and all the people followed. Crowding around him, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to, to pay them. Go and read about this story too. Only Mark gives us all of these details. She had suffered so much great deals. It had great deal. It has been for 12 years. You know, doctors, she had seen several doctors. And over the years, she has spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Of course, she's losing blood. 27 says she had heard, she had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, and this is faith, I'm telling you, she only had, you see what the man that went around the Decapolis would have been doing, spreading the news about what Jesus did for him, people would have had. This woman simply had about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. Imagine what this woman would have had to do 
to be able to do this. She had been suffering, losing blood, bleeding for 12 years. She would have been weak, you know, and struggling. But right there in the crowd, she knew that if she was found out, they would have beaten her. They would have cast her, ostracized her. But she was determined. Today, I received my healing. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. I will be healed. I am certain I will be healed. I pray that God will give us this kind of faith. Faith that is desperate. Faith that is determined. Faith that is certain. It says in verse 29, immediately the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. The minute she touched, the second she touched Jesus, because I'm sure she would have literally just tapped him. Okay, she couldn't hold on to his his in the hem of his robe to drag him. That would have seemed that would have seemed somehow. She would she, all she needed was just to tap him, just touch him. And the Bible says she had been healed of her terrible condition. Verse 30. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd. It was actually Peter. This crowd pressing around you. How can you ask, Who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. Hmm? She told him, I just touched you. (laughs) She told him what, what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace, your suffering. It's over. Wow. I pray for someone this morning. Your suffering is over. In the mighty name of Jesus. Ah, as you express your faith in God this morning, you will catch, you will receive that thing that you are trusting God for. In the mighty name of Jesus. It says, while he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. They're talking to Jairus. Your daughter is dead. There's no, there's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard, overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith in both circumstances. What worked here is faith just have faith then jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except peter james and john the brother of james peter james and john the brother of james when they came to the house of the synagogue leader jesus saw much commotion and weeping he went inside and asked why all this commotion and weeping the child isn't dead, she's only asleep, or she only sleeps. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. He made them all leave, and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. 
holding her, holding her hand, he said to her, Talita kum. Like I said, because Mark is writing to a much broader audience, he often explained some of this thing. He said to her, Talita kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Hmm. Jesus gave them strict, strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give us something to eat. Okay, so I don't know how successful they would have been in stopping... <laughs> people hearing about the fact that this girl had come back to life okay so but so let's draw our lessons let's draw our lessons this morning mark chapter 5 teaches us about faith okay the faith of this woman who was healed of this blood disease okay and we see her faith we recognize her faith it was desperate it was desperate it was determined you know it had a goal in mind it wanted to see jesus it wanted to touch jesus and it did touch jesus and the minute it touched jesus the woman was healed we also see a different kind of faith is the faith of jarius jesus said to jarius have faith so in other words it was important this girl coming back to life, it was important that Jairus had faith in Jesus. Had faith that Jesus could raise her back to life. This was the first time, Mark chapter 5, this was the first time any one of them will witness literally someone who was dead coming back to life. So how could Jairus possibly believe that this was possible? Okay. So, the lesson to take this morning is to cause your faith to continue to increase. Your faith increases by knowing God better, by knowing what God can do, okay? By knowing what the person, the person is, is who he is and what he is able to do by knowing God better. When you are able, to, when you know that, it helps your faith. It strengthens your faith. You saw that woman, she had only had, that was all. She had only heard about Jesus and that was enough for her to come. So this morning, we are going to tell ourselves, who is God to you? What do you know about God at all? What do you know about Jesus do you realize that his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary paid the price for your sin? Do you realize that that same Jesus, the same Jesus that said Talita Kum to this little girl, that same Jesus is alive and here right now? Do you realize that the Holy Spirit is here with us right now and that you can receive your healing, that you can receive from God this morning? Father, we pray this morning, help us to increase our faith. Help us to know and love you better and better. Lord, we say thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.